Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. I want to preach today a message, the greatest father in all of creation. The greatest father in all of creation. I thought as I was studying this past week, you know, what do I, pre- what do I preach for Father's Day? What could I give to all the dads? Who can I encourage? Who can I scold? Who can we uh, guilt into being a better dad? You know, what, uh, what could we preach? And the Lord put this thought on my mind. You know, the Bible's not about us. The Bible is about God. And the greatest father in all of creation is God. What a wonderful father he is. We call him our heavenly father. Romans 8, 15, the Bible says, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. In our text here in Galatians chapter number four, look with me if you would please, beginning in verse number four. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Now, I know what you ladies are thinking. What about us? You're a child of God. You're a child of God here. This this is not just for the men that are in this room when he says you're there for sons. This is us as a child of God. We are children of God because of the work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. The gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that word in Romans 8.15 and also we find in Galatians 4.6, Abba, it means this, God as father, Abba Father, because, because Jesus died on the cross, because we have received Jesus Christ as our Savior, and the Spirit dwells inside of us, we can cry, Abba Father, or God is our Father. What a wonderful statement that is. To some, to some, the Bible is a, a science book, a science textbook. To others, it may be a a political book. For some, they see it as a manual for living. But the Bible is really all about God. It's God's story of wanting a human family, wanting you and me to be a part of his family, to be a child of God, and for him to be our father. A family a family to fellowship with. If we go back to the Garden of Eden, we would find in the beginning of the story of mankind that God created mankind and he would come into that garden and he would fellowship with mankind in the coolness of the day. He would fellowship with man, with Adam, with Eve. 
A family to worship His holiness. A, a family to care for the, His creation, planet Earth. God created you and I to be His family and care for the things that He created here upon this Earth. God created male and He created female for Himself. If you're sitting here today and you wonder, why am I even here? Why do I even exist? What, what, what's the purpose of life? I want you to know today that the reason that God created you was so that you could have fellowship with him, so that you could be a part of God's family. Everything that man needed for this to happen, God took very careful planning to supply in creation. Everything we need, God has supplied And when God created all, this is what God said. He said, it is good. Think about that. It's good. It's good because God created it. God knew exactly what was necessary for you and I to worship him and be a part of his family. But something terrible happened. And if you've been in church for any length of time, you know the story. Something terribly happened there in that garden. Woman, uh, the, the Eve, was, was tempted by, by Satan, and, and uh, uh, she ate of that fruit. And then she gave it to her husband, Adam, and he partook of that fruit as well. And God, God had to cast uh, the human beings that are out of the Garden of Eden, out of his presence, man's sin destroying that fellowship that he once had with his creator. And I want you to think about that. All the, all the hurt and all the violence and all the sin and all the crime and all the ugliness and all of the things that we just so, so hate here in this world today, all is a result of sin. But God, God pursued mankind because God wanted a family. He wanted to be your father, and he wants you to be his child. You know, when I think about that story, it it just blows my mind. When I really truly consider a holy God pursuing a sinful man, pursuing you and me, a holy God who could have just destroyed all of mankind, who could have said, you have sinned, who could have, could have just started over, chose not to, because he wants you to be in his family. And so he set in motion a plan that would redeem mankind and, and offer mankind once again the opportunity to be a, a family with God, with the creator. And one opportunity that we could cry, Abba, Father. You see, as I already mentioned this morning, we find this, the book, the Bible, it's about God. It's about who he is. It's, it's about his redemptive plan to, to bring mankind, redeem mankind back to himself. What a, what a beautiful story of grace. What a beautiful story of forgiveness. What a beautiful story of renewal that the greatest Father in all of creation offers to every human being. He offers it to you and he offers it to me. If you're a child of God today, if you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then we have so much to rejoice in today. 
If you are here and you have never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have the opportunity today to put your faith in Christ and God to be your heavenly Father, for you to be a part of the family of God. I want you to go with me to Genesis, if you would, please. Genesis. And... uh, Chapter number four. I, I'm I'm sorry, Galatians. I said Genesis, Galatians. I'm I'm looking in Genesis chapter four as I'm saying that, and I'm thinking, that's not where I want to be. I want to be in Galatians chapter four. I'm sorry, Galatians chapter four. And I'll, I want to read our text verse here again. But in verse number four, Galatians four, verse four, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. Now, who is his son, church? Jesus Christ. He sent forth his son, made of a woman, born of a virgin, born of Mary, made under the law. For what purpose? The Bible says here, Paul is writing, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath set forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Jesus Christ was given, was God's plan to restore what was lost in the Garden of Eden. To to redeem man from his sin and spend eternity as God's family. Abba, Father, means God is our Father. And so what does the Bible teach us about God? Well, just a few things we're going to look at here this morning. On Father's Day, that should set our attention on Abba, Father. God is our Father. I want to give you a few things today, and I want you to write these things down. I want you to think about these things. I want you to dwell on these things. This is the wonderful God, the Father that we have. I want you to write this down, number one, God's sufficient grace. How many of you are so thankful for God's grace? Would you say amen this morning? God's grace. What what does grace mean? The, The free and unmerited favor of God. The free and unmerited favor, meaning this, you can't do anything for it. You can't do anything for it. You can't do anything to get it. You can't do anything to lose it. You can't impress God enough. His grace is sufficient. In 2 Corinthians, if you'll go there with me in your, your Bible, the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter Number uh, 12, the Apostle Paul is writing here to this church at Corinth. And the Apostle Paul tells us in verse number 7, he says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. So the Apostle Paul, something, something the Apostle Paul had that physically was a problem for him. But God allowed this problem for him to keep Paul humble. My wife said to me this morning, she said, everybody likes humble. Doesn't everyone like humble? 
How many of you like humble? You don't like to be humbled, but you like humble. You like people that are humble. Everybody likes humble. The Apostle Paul here had so much to boast in. The Apostle Paul, not only was he a a scholar, not only was he a Pharisee, not only was he well-trained and and understood the Old Testament, the Apostle Paul now is a great apostle with great power and great authority. God is using the Apostle Paul. Paul, The Apostle Paul has met with Jesus Christ. He's been trained by Christ himself. The Apostle Paul, God is using in great ways. If the Apostle Paul, if there was one that could be uh, prideful, if there's one that could say, look at me and look what I have done, it's the Apostle Paul. So God allowed the Apostle Paul to have something that kept Paul humble. The Bible says this, that uh, the Apostle Paul had prayed on several occasions, three different times, that God would remove this, whatever this thing was that was a a thorn in his flesh, he prayed. Look with me in verse number nine. The Bible says this, and he said it to him, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The Apostle Paul learned something, that God's grace is sufficient. There's nothing else needed. God's grace is enough. That free and unmerited favor of God is all that we need. Ephesians 2 8 says this by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself it is a gift of God aren't you so thankful this morning that it's not dependent upon you to find favor with God but that Jesus Christ came and he gave of himself he died on the cross he rose again and because of what Jesus Christ did that was sufficient enough for you to have salvation How many of you, you recognize this? If it was dependent upon you, you'd have lost it by now. I know I would have. I don't deserve it. God's grace is unmerited. It's undeserving, but he offers it to you and to me. That's how great our heavenly father is. What a wonderful God he is. You know, I don't, I don't, and I can't, can't, can't impress God for his love. I can't do anything to impress God more. You know, we live in a world and we want to be liked. How many of you want to be liked? You want to be liked? That's why you got up this morning and you combed your hair and you brushed your teeth. And Well, some of you, and, and uh, that's why you looked in the mirror and you made sure everything looked good. It's in us. We want to be liked. How many of you ever been in a situation where you knew you weren't liked? How does it make you feel? Like something's wrong. You know, we we live in a world, it's not always easy to be liked. Maybe there's some here today that you grew up in a home that you strived so much to be welcomed and to be liked, and you never got that affirmation that you were looking for. God's grace is sufficient. God loves you. You know, we live in a world where we're just not enough. But with God, his grace is sufficient. 
You know, many of us in this room, if, if I were to ask you to raise your hand, you'd say this, I failed. And, and many, many maybe in this room, you're afraid to, to do something else in life or do something else because of past failures. I want you to know something this morning. God's grace is sufficient. It's enough. He loves you. He doesn't love you because of who you are. He doesn't love you because of your successes. He loves you just the way that you are. Maybe you would say this, I'm weak. God still loves you. I don't understand why God would love a sinner, but God still loves me. I'm flesh. I hurt just like you and just like me. We, we hurt. But God's grace is sufficient. I want to ask you to raise your hand, Dad, this morning, because all of us would have to, our wives would make us, but how many of you ever been wrong? <laughs> and God still loves you. And God's grace is sufficient. You know, we're judged by the world. I, I'm not always accepted, but I'm loved by God. The Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves you just the way that you are. The Apostle Paul had this thorn in the flesh, but you know what we find? That God still loved him, and no matter what you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter what your past looks like, no matter what you've done, I want you to understand something. God loves you, and he sent his son to die for you. In his grace, it's sufficient. You know what that means? You don't need anything more. When I'm weak, he's strong. And when things seem hopeless, he's right there. And when, when I feel like I can't go on any further, when it feels like I'm a failure, he accepts me and I don't have to earn his favor. Isn't it such a wonderful thing? We live in a world that we feel like we have to impress. We live in a world where we feel like we can never be wrong. We live in a world where we always have to be right because of being judged. But with God, he takes you like you are. Isn't that wonderful? How many of you would say this? If you saw me when I first got up, I'm going to ask you guys this. How many of you remember that first day after the honeymoon? I mean, she's beautiful in a dress. She comes in and you're wowed. You look, I, I remember saying to my son, I said, as soon as those doors open, you're just going to be blown back. I remember that day. And, and what I didn't tell him is that next morning, you're going to really see. God sees you at your worst and he still loves you. He sees you when you're not the prettiest and he still loves you. He sees you when you don't feel like you can go another moment and he offers you his strength. God's grace is sufficient. Maybe you grew up in a home where you couldn't do anything right. Maybe you grew up trying to impress and trying to please. Maybe you grew up just trying to, to get attention and it wasn't there. Maybe you grew up in a home where somebody hurt you that was not supposed to hurt, hurt you. I want you to know this about your heavenly father. He loves you. 
and his grace is sufficient. You know what I'm saying here today? It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how you feel. God accepts you just the way you are. You don't have to impress him. He knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. He knows everything about you. And he still said, I am going to give my life for you. You know why? Because God wants you to be a part of his family. You know, we go through this world wanting to be loved. But God, in Romans 5, 8, commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The worst thing you could ever do. And God demonstrated his love by sending his son. God's grace is sufficient. I want you to write this down. Number two, God's forgiveness is without fail. God's forgiveness is without fail. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 103, 12, he says, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Now think about that. From the east is from the west. And I'm not very smart, but, but I learned this. If you continue to go, what, see, this is how smart I'm not. I don't even know what direction this is. Let's just, what is this? And what is this? So this would be what? East. So as far as the east is from the west. Isn't that good? Thanks for your help today. If I keep going east, you know what direction I'm always going to be going? You know what I will never hit? West. And that's exactly what God has done with your sins. He's removed them. As far as these, you know what that means? They're never going to come up again with God. When he forgives, he forgets. Colossians 1.14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Acts 13.38, uh, but it known unto your therefore men and brethren, that through his, this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. God is seeking the lost. God forgives. Aren't you so glad to know that God doesn't hold it over your head? That God forgives? Now, how many of you, you're married to that person that when they get hysterical, they get historical? When they get mad, some of you are thinking, what does that mean? When they get mad, they bring up what you did 20 years ago. You did this, and you're like, I forgot all about that. No, you don't, because I remind you every five years. When we get upset, we bring up the past. How many of you have ever been in a fight with your spouse or in a fight with someone and you forgot even what you were fighting about because now you're fighting about what always you fight about? Every fight leads back to the fight. You know why? Because we have a hard time forgiving. But God doesn't. God forgives. You know, I am worthless, and I am a sinner. But it is all under the precious blood of Jesus Christ. 
And when I ask God to forgive, the Bible says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You're forgiven. Every single person here today, you might remember your failures. You might remember your ugliness. You might remember your your bad. You might remember your sin, but God doesn't hold grudges. He forgives. See, God is the great father where his grace is sufficient and his forgiveness never fails. There are some here this morning You can't get over your past, and God already has. He already has. You keep thinking about what you've done, and God says, what have you done? It's under the blood. He doesn't keep bringing it up. That's why in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 12, we call it the Lord's Prayer. Jesus says this, uh, forgive us our debt as we forgive us our debtors. What is he saying? Learn to forgive. Learn to be like God. You know, some here in this room, the best thing you could do in life right now is learn to forgive like God forgives. Stop holding on. Some in this room today, you need to learn to forgive yourself of things that you've done. Yes, you've made mistakes and yes, you've sinned, but it's all under the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's move forward. We've got a God in heaven, our heavenly father, Abba Father, that says, my grace is sufficient. That also says he removes your sin as far as the east is from the west. Forgive. This is why God calls us to forgiveness, because he doesn't hold grudges. We don't have to get stuck in our sin. He's forgiven you. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? Every time you come to him, he doesn't say, you've disappointed me. Leave the room. You're no longer invited in. You are a child of God. Our kids, we, um, I'm sure most parents like this. We, we try to, you know, have some privacy. How many of you, you realize there's no privacy with kids? How many of you have learned that? No privacy with kids. doesn't matter how old they get. My son is married and I've come home and seen him laying, just laying on my bed. Like, what are you doing in here? You're a married man. Go to your own room. I came home the other day, I think it was last evening, I come in after a long day and there's one of my daughters just laying in our bed. I said, don't you have one? She says, it's upstairs and yours is down here. It's easier. I like to go to bed early and I close the the blinds so they can't see from outside. I close the door so I, I don't see them from the inside. Went to close the door last night, and Chloe, what are you closing the door for? Like, mind your business, girl. I'm going to bed. Privacy. Don't you love the, every so often, just that privacy that you can get? I want you to write this third thing down. I want you to write this third thing down. 
God's grace is sufficient. God's forgiveness will never fail. And God is a God of renewal. God's a God of renewal. I told our deacons a few weeks back, I said, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I feel like I hit a brick wall and I'm just exhausted. So the last eight or nine or so days, I've just been away just by myself, just being renewed. And I'm so thankful for God's renewal. Revelation chapter 21, verse number four. I want you to go there with me if you would, please. I want to share with you a verse that God has given me and just helped me just to be renewed. The Bible says in verse number four of Revelation 21, the John is looking into the future. And I know we don't understand everything that he's writing in the book of Revelation, but we can understand in verse number four, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, right, for these words are true and faithful. Oh, listen to me, friend, this morning, there's coming a day. It might not be all right on this side of glory, but there's coming a day that your heavenly father is going to make all things new. When I grew up, I grew up in a home, maybe some somewhat like some of you, we didn't, we, we didn't, we just didn't show emotion. We didn't speak emotion. So you just didn't, it just wasn't a, a home where you just were able to freely say how you feel. You just held everything in. Some of you know what I'm talking about. My parents loved us, but we just didn't, we didn't, we didn't do that. And, and what I find as a dad, sometimes it's difficult. How many of you, you you're like me. You don't want to be what you were, but it's hard not to be because this is who you are. My daughter, my oldest daughter, she was upset a few months back. And my wife had said, you know, Kaylee's a little bit upset. And I was home alone and she's crying. Now I've got several teenage girls in my house and, and sometimes they just, they just cry. I've learned. And, um, the best thing you can do Dads, leave them alone. Just leave them alone. But Kaylee, I walked up into her room and she was sitting there on her bed and she's crying. And I walk in and I'm like, what do I do? Michelle's not here. I have no idea what to do. And so I just come around and I don't want to start crying when I see her. So I just pat her on her shoulder. I said, it's going to be okay. And I walked out of her room. I knew that was the worst thing I could have done. She needed me to sit there with her and put my arm around her and, and, and not say anything, but it's going to be okay and leave. And I walked down the, the stairs and I'm thinking, whoo, I got away with that. At the same time, I thought that was the dumbest thing I ever did. What are you doing? 
you know what the reality is? I don't know if it's going to be okay. I sat with Richard and Elena yesterday and the Moseses, they lost their 16-week baby. They just announced two weeks ago they were expecting and then she went to a doctor's appointment and the week before VBS and found out that life that was living and growing and breathing inside of her is no more living and breathing inside of her. You know what I learned? I can say to them all day long, it's going to be okay, but you know what? It's not. It hurts. Our, our pat answer sometimes is it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. But some things hurt. There are some pain that many in this room you're experiencing. You've lost a child. You've lost a loved one. My, my, my brother-in-law, the anniversary of his death comes every single year. Then I can say all I want to my wife. It's going to be okay. But guess what? It doesn't change the fact that he has passed away, that he's not coming back, and her heart grieves. Some of you have buried a spouse. Some of you, some things in your childhood that you've gone through hurts. And the pat answer is it's going to be okay. But we can't make it okay. But I can say this to you. The greatest father of all creation one day will make all things new. And when he does, it's going to be okay. I thought of a song as I was preparing for this message. There's coming a day when no heartache shall come. No more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see, when I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. Oh, listen to me, my friend. Right now, life might not be easy. Right now, there is full of disappointments. Right now, life is full of sorrow. Right now, things are difficult. You can't erase some of that pain. You can't go back and change some of those mistakes. You can't get different parents. You can't go back and be something different. But one thing you can know, that the greatest father of all creation is a God of renewal. One day, that's what I love about this verse. Go back and look at this with me, if you would, please, and I'm done. In verse number four, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. This is something that God does personally. I don't know what this is going to look like, but I believe the Bible, those that are standing there with tears, those that are standing there with memories, those that are standing there with pain, there's going to come a day where God himself is going to take his hand and he is going to wipe away your tears. We are going to feel the touch of God. And when we do, 
will never experience the pain and the agony and the death that we experience here upon this earth ever again. This isn't something that God says he delegates to his angels. This isn't something that as we're coming in through the clouds, we're going to be changed. And this is something that's going to happen. No, this event, this very thing, the, the uh, uh, author of Revelation, John says this, and God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. This is something that God handles himself. How many of you, when you've ever been disappointed or you've been hurt or you've been upset, someone that doesn't know you well tries to console you and it doesn't really matter. But then there's that one person that you love and that loves you and their hug or their touch just seems to make everything okay. And that's what every one of us are going to experience with God. The things that bring us grief, the things that bring us tears, the things that bring us pain. There's coming a day where God's touch is going to make it all right. As a pastor, there's many a times that I just want to simply wish away or pray away or make people in our church their problems to go away. One of the greatest discouragements of all is to realize your frailty, knowing this, you can't make it go away. But I can point you to an Abba Father that one day loves you. He himself is going to touch your face and wipe away your tears. And when that moment happens, there's no more pain. There's no more sickness. There's no more death. You see, when God intervenes, he makes all things better. And there's coming a day. God is a God of grace. God is a God of forgiveness. And God is a God of renewal. How many of you long for that day? I know I do. And how many of you thank God for being a father that's full of grace that's full of forgiveness, and that is full of renewal. God is exactly what you need. If he's not your father today, you can be his child by confessing your sin, believing in the precious work of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says in the book of Galatians, you will be adopted into the family of God. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org. And we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.